When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Engel. Die Dickens. Welcome to Deep Cuts Lost and Found. This is round number five. We are tackling the year 1981. I'm here with uh, my best friends from high school. I'm here with Derek Brain, Bill Federico, Rich Air, Chris Nashawadi, and myself, Tom Skolovich. We have been uh, exchanging music for many decades now, and we are once again taking our favorite songs and sharing them with each other, and we get to have you along for the ride. So hope you enjoy it. It's Deep Cuts. Welcome to the show. So most of us have not met each other in 1981. Is that actually accurate or? Except for Nash and myself. So you guys have. Yes. That's accurate. Well, and Derek, you and I knew each other. Yeah. And you you and I, you know, knew each other, saw each other around the neighborhood and in schools. Yeah. And maybe I met, did I, Rich, did I meet you through soccer at some point? Yeah, it was probably around this time, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. 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 Okay. So everybody's starting to meet. Right. Almost. The connections are forming. Right. Connections are forming. Well said. It really didn't gel until 80. And we have Newman and Pollard, right? So we've got Derek and me and Newman and you guys at Pollard. We have two different middle schools, yeah. which our listeners will want to understand more about. Rich, where are you? <laughs> Pollard? Newman. Yeah. It's a real Jets and the Sharks situation. Yeah. We were the greasers. You guys were the socias. You guys were on the other side of the tracks and we all looked up to you. We had the fancy new school. Exactly. <laughs> Wasn't Newman kind But of we a... were near the swamp. Yeah. We had a swampy area. No, but you guys were cool. You guys seemed like so much faster than we were. I, I, Bill, I don't know about that. What? Grass is always greener. I don't think either of us. Pollard prudes? Hello? Nah, nah. <laughs> All right. So basically, 1981 is a year when we probably had dueling middle schools going after each other. Yes. And then we had to go to high school. And that's where we essentially built sort of the, the bonds of our friendship. Yes, the Avengers Assemble. Exactly. 1981. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened that year. Billy, you want to take that? What happened that year? I believe that's my responsibility. Um, I, I will get to it quickly. The Iran hostage crisis ended. The first flight of the space shuttle Columbia uh, occurred. And most importantly, Lady Di and Charles uh, married. Luke and Laura Got married on GH. I'll just talk about marriages that year if we could. Uh, <laughs> GH being General Hospital? General, of course. I feel like that was a bigger deal than uh, Charles and Diana was. Luke and Laura? <laughs> and I think so. Yeah. At least in my mind of popular culture at the time. Are we really talking about soap operas here? <laughs> I don't know. He brought it up. Do you remember who sang the theme song? I do not. Christopher Cross. Mm. There we go. Which leads me right into what was popular at the movies. Arthur, uh, yes. Dudley Moore, also a theme by Christopher Cross. Um, we had uh, on the charts, Jesse's Girl was huge. Rick Springfield, who I believe was on General Hospital. He was. A, see, it's all coming back to General Hospital. For <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. It's all coming back. Hall and Oates, Kisses on My List was huge. 
at the movies. Raiders of the Lost Ark was a big deal. Massive. Certainly was a big deal for me. Uh, I already mentioned Arthur. Chariots of Fire was a movie we all should have seen, but <laughs> probably didn't. <laughs> One best picture. Yeah, but it was kind of for the adults. Escape uh, from New York. Escape from New York. Good call, Rich. Um, on Golden Blonde. I mean, On, on Golden Pond was big. <laughs> <laughs> the porno version. <laughs> Perhaps I didn't see the one with Henry Fonda. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was that blockbuster. So, um, most importantly, though, I think we have to talk about MTV. Yeah. Because MTV debuted. And uh, everybody knows, of course, that the first song that was played was The Buggles. Video killed the radio star. But unfortunately, Needham did not have MTV, right? No no one here had cable in 81, did they? Not in 81, no. It took us a while to get it. Right. It took us a long time. 82, maybe. I, we, my family never had cable. Got to see. Oh, I think la-di-da. We didn't have television. I'm, I'm just, the first time. Yeah. Yeah. We sat by the fireplace and read Ethan Frome. Luddite. <laughs> <laughs> The first time I saw MTV was visiting cousins in Wisconsin, and it blew my mind. The first time I saw it was visiting cousins in Olean, New York. Ah, there you go. It's real. It was definitely, it's weird that you had to go to like- To visit cousins to watch MTV. (laughs) (laughs) And then you could watch Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself all day long. Right. Which leads to its influence. Yes, yes. We also, you know, we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Stripes, History of the World, Porky's. Got a whole bunch of the uh, the teen uh, sex movies <laughs> in 1981. Uh, James Bond for your eyes only. Um, what else? Uh, top of the charts: Betty Davis eyes, and, uh, Miss Kim Carnes, I believe. Kim Carnes, yeah. Endless love, Diana Ross. For me, the most important thing in 1981 is I fell in love madly. But I'll talk about that later. Anyone else? Any great memories of 1981? I can't believe Kim Carnes beat out Cool in the Gang celebration <laughs> in the top 100. Yeah. <laughs> Criminal or Lady by Kenny Rogers. Oh, yes. Lay, oh, that was, Kenny Rogers had a nice run there in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's just criminal. Yeah. Betty Davis' eyes was terrible. I heard Kenny Rogers was a great guy. I heard this story about uh, from a friend. He makes of mine. a good chicken. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine was at Pier Four. Remember Pier Four in Boston? Oh, yeah. yeah, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Kenny Rogers was there. I think it was during when the Reds, um, sorry, when the uh, when Fenway was hosting the uh, All Star game. Mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers was at the restaurant and was just very friendly to everybody, tipped everybody, uh, you know. He's the gambler. Yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> so shout out to Kenny Rogers. Because he tipped some people you don't even know. I mean, that seems like a, a weird cause for a shout out. But. It's a low, it's a low bar. It's a low bar. <laughs> How about musically? I mean, it was just an incredible, incredible year. I had a hard time. I don't know about you guys, but I, yeah. I think Sophie had an easier time choosing between her children than I did choosing these picks tonight. Gotta get off of Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> it's become it, the uh, landmine of the is show. Is it my daughter? Is it my son? <laughs> is it Echo and the Bunnymen or is it Duran Duran? <laughs> right. It, it was a it was chock-a-block. It was a good year. How good a record is Men at Work? <laughs> New Order or The Cure? I don't know. Tough choices tonight for me, anyways. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. you guys. Well, let's 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 lead into our first one. So, um, Derek, have you led? Actually, Rich, you haven't led. I haven't. You have one you want to lead with? Sure. The speedy leadoff hitter. Yeah, leadoff hitter. Yeah, I can do that. All you gotta do is get on base. Walks as good as a hit, Rich. <laughs> so, did a little bit of research, maybe fifteen or twenty minutes or so today, uh, looking at the top one hundred. Plus, again, I'm my brain's a little addled from my second COVID shot, so I was up all night. But that's a good thing, though. 
I decided I put a bunch of stuff on there that, you know, the your garden variety, the pesh mode. Can never go wrong with the pesh stuff. Um, some fall. But then I kept coming back to I want to do one of these weeks, a shout out to the women at the time. So the the picks I'm gonna do today are are female singers, female bands. Nice. And looking at the top one hundred, you see Kim Carnes, Juice Newton, Sheena Eastern, for your eyes only was on there. But the the bands I picked were I think overlooked, and they have been fairly consistently, except maybe my second pick. But we'll get to that later. But for this first one, these guys started in the punk era. They have so many connections and interconnections with other post punk new wave bands and projects that we're all familiar with and and love. But I was never that into these guys. I'm not really dance club Batcaver type goth. But oh, come on. Susie and the Banshees <laughs> have been around. So I, I wanted to pick a Susie song um, and find a deep cut. But they have... Which Susie album is 1981? Is it Hyena? No. Juju. 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 Juju which is, they go, they go back to their sort of guitar roots. They're a bit more synth and melodic on the album before that. So this album is uh, Spellbound, I think, was the hit off Juju. And fun fact... Did you know Robert Smith played in Susie and the Banshees for a little bit? Yes. In the late 70s, and then again in 83. And then he went on to form The Glove with uh, the bassist Steve Severin from Susie. That's a crazy record. That is a crazy. Which was a crazy record, yeah. Mr. Alphabet Says. Yeah. I remember when that came out. And Sid Vicious played drums for early iteration of Susie and the Banshees. Well, that really, that's super famous television interview where they offended all of England by being super crass and sweary. Susie was with them in the studio when, when the Sex Pistols were yeah. doing that interview, right? She was like... She was a Sex Pistol mega fan, yeah. basically. She toured around with them and ended up forming her band. But I don't think she found her uh, groove when they did uh, covers, I think, later on. And they got a little bit more poppy, but they did some great covers of uh, Dear Prudence and... The Passenger, the Iggy Pop song. And those, I think, what we recognize. So long story short, I'll go back. This is the from the album Juju, Susie and the Banshees from 1981. song is Halloween. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round five.
excellent leadoff hitter. Very nice. I forgot that they rocked this hard. They did. Not to bring it down, but she's 64 now. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Susie and the Banshees. Nice opener. Yeah, that was a good one. I uh, wasn't expecting that. I haven't heard that song before. It sounds really good. Yeah, it was a great song. Loved it. I wasn't expecting it either, but uh, that's... Excellent. I'm fully vaccinated now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're officially clean. Derek, you want to go next? I do, because... He's chomping at the bit. Well... Dump champing because champing. That's right. Chomping is not the right word, right? It's champing. It's champing the bit. I think it's one of these things. You know, champing is essentially correct, but I don't care. Use the word champ, chomp. I don't care. <laughs> champ it up, chomp it do up. What you got to do? You, you're at the bit. I'm at the bit because I think my pick kind of goes perfectly with the last song and the respect that Rocky Erickson was obsessed with monsters and Dracula's. And all sorts of ghosty things. Nice. I don't know. I, I think I got into Rocky Erickson when he had sort of a bit of a resurgence in the 90s. I mean, he sort of had a bunch of little resurgences. But this song, I, I always listen to a lot. He started with the 13th Floor Elevators, you know, a freaky Texas band. You know, when strange bands come out of Texas, they are very strange. Yeah. Butthole Surfers was in that time period, right? Butthole Surfers, exactly. That was the next. And who are actually, you know, have said that they were influenced by the 13th Floor Elevators. Yeah. And I think worked with Rocky in some capacity much later in his career. But, you know, Rocky, he had a um, pretty tough life. You know, he was... Uh, schizophrenic, and I'm sure that was exacerbated by psychedelics and, and drug use and kind of fell off the map and got in trouble for stealing people's mail at some point, but then kind of was brought back by a lot of different musicians. And it was ended up being kind of a, a pretty great story and kind of had a real return in a way that uh, really got to be appreciated in a way that a lot of people in his position don't. But I've always really, this is a great song. Kind of can't believe it's from 81, but it's uh, Rocky Erickson and the Aliens from the album The Evil One. And the song is If You Have Ghosts. It's Deep Cuts.
Has anybody uh, seen the documentary, uh, You're Gonna Miss Me, by chance? It's about him? No. I feel like I have, but I, I think it was a while, so it's not fresh in my mind. It's really beautiful. It, it's just basically you get a chance to spend some time with him and you get a sense of sort of uh, a delicate mind that had a rough shift and it changed things in an interesting way. And it's, I don't know, it's a fascinating documentary about psychology as much as music, you know? Anyway, it's a nice piece of work. What I love about the song Derek just chose, and I, I didn't know it, is... Um, it doesn't sound like it was made in 1981. It could have been made in 1971. It could have been made in 1991, 2001. It's really got a timeless quality. If it came out today, I would be I would be thrilled to buy the record. It's really, really good. There's a bunch of great, great stuff off this particular record. What's the name of the record? Uh, it's uh, The Evil One. The Evil Ones. Rocky Erickson and the Aliens. Nice. Uh, don't believe it's on Spotify, but a bunch of songs from it are on sort of one of the best ofs. Um, that are on spot that is on Spotify. Which, by the way, is a nice way to encourage people to go get vinyl. Yes, because a lot of record stores are trying to make a living. And if you have a turntable at home, and if any of these songs really grab you, they're almost always from records we really love. And I think one nice way of being able to keep music in your life is to have a physical thing. At least that's my five cents of it. Like I like getting records, and I don't buy them all the time, but it's really nice to get them when I do. And I don't know, it's a nice way of just staying connected to the artists. A hundred percent. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I only recently started buying records again, and uh, it's become a bit of an addiction. <laughs> but I love it. God, and it, it, it makes the playing of music so much more deliberate. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm, right, like, right. I'm like, what am I putting on, and I'm going to listen to it. I'm not just going to put on shuffle or, you know. just Yeah, there's a real mindful quality to it. Yeah, I, I, re I really enjoy it. Oh, my, my daughter has taken over my record collection and she's got the turntable in her room and that's pretty much what she listens to is all my old records and I think some of my parents old records <laughs> um amazing yeah it's it's good times do you still have all of your rich do you still have all of your records from when we like got together to play them for, uh, like when we were DJing in high school you never had a purge the original boy band the beat goes on yeah. yes <laughs> I've got all of those records. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Speed Your Love to Me 12-inch? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly deep. We're deep diving at this point. I'm going to need a minute. Chris, where do you want to take us? <laughs> I'm for clumped. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off in a slightly different direction. So in 1981, the Cars put out a really big record called Shake It Up. I'm not going to play a song from that. However, uh, Rick Ocasek You're a tease. did a solo album that same year called uh, Beatitude, which is not, it's spelled like Beatitude, but he meant to pronounce it Beatitude, which is sort of a portmanteau of beat and attitude. So, um, Is that the first use of, of portmanteau? Portmanteau. <laughs> it, is, it is the first use of portmanteau in the show and hopefully not the last. A flag has been put in the ground. <laughs> yeah. I actually got turned on to this album, strangely enough, because... Um, I remember going to see the movie The King of Comedy. Do you remember that one? Uh, the Martin Scorsese movie with, yeah. with sure. Robert De Niro as Rupert Pupkin. Yeah. There's a song on the playing on the radio in a car during that movie, and it's a song off this album. It's uh, Something to Grab For by Rick Ocasek, which is a great song. Ooh, that's a good one. And that sent me out to buy the Rick Ocasek solo album, and the song I'm going to play... Tonight is uh, Jimmy Jimmy, which is my favorite song off this record. I know Bill likes it a lot. I don't know if the rest of you have heard it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, huge fan. But uh, it's a great song. So um, hit it, Thomas. Jimmy Jimmy. 
produce this record? I do, Tom. It's Rick Okasek. He did it himself. Yeah, which is interesting. I was going to guess that Greg Hawks was involved. Yeah, he was the only one from the cars who was involved in the record. Greg Hawks, the keyboardist. But uh, yeah, Ricko produced this one on his own. And obviously he become a great producer, you know, like Weezer's first record and whatnot. But um, I think he just felt frustrated in the cars. And um, I don't know how the rest of the band took him doing a solo record. I suspect, I mean, they only had one other record after this after uh, Shake It Up. So, you know, I suspect there was some tension in the band about creative directions and whatnot. But this record is really, really good from start to finish. It's really, uh, it's, yeah, Bill, you know it. I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a really great record. Absolutely. And, and, and one that a lot of people don't talk about or know about. or No one talks about this. Yeah. But did this song get a lot of radio play or something in the Boston area? In I, Boston, perhaps, it got a little on BCN. If someone said, oh, if you heard this Rick Ocasek solo record, I would have said no. But at the second this song started, I kind of 
I knew this song and I felt like I'd heard it so many times. Yeah. Maybe in Boston. Probably in Nash's car. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably in the Subaru, yeah. It sounded so familiar. It has so many good songs. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I think we all turn each other on to cool music, and I think we forget that the radio stations we listen to, except for WFNX, were not great. Right, mm. right, right. You know? Right. I mean, yeah. there are a bunch of great songs. We t- Nash and I were just chatting. Sneak Attack, Time Bomb. Yeah, it's Connect Up To Me, Out Of Control. It's a, it's a really loaded record. It really is. Yeah, it's really good. What's disappointing is his other solo albums weren't nearly as good no no i think he was in really he really peaked around between the first cars album and, and this time yeah I, i'm not a huge heartbeat city guy yeah well that's 83 or 84 i think 83 i think but anyway we're defining yeah shake shake, shake it up is this year right shake it up is the same year as the solo album yeah 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 I just got it on neon green vinyl. What, Shake It Up? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, nice. Nice. How much you pay for that? Yeah, like 22 bucks. <laughs> don't, don't tell my wife. Oh, I hope she's not listening. Okay. <laughs> 28 bucks is a perfectly reasonable amount to pay for a piece of vinyl. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Especially neon green. And when you go to 70, you're getting on my nerves. She's like, can't you get this for free on streaming? I'm like, mm, it's not the same. Well, Billy, where do you want to take us? Because I have a feeling. Oh, like, me? Yeah, you may have an excursion. All right. So I I mentioned early on that uh, 1981 is a love story for me. I fell in love with three guys, Sting, Andy, and Stewart, the police. It just knocked me off my feet and uh, I fell head over heels. Started with Ghost in the Machine, which was the release in 1981. I think I got it through Columbia Record company you know i got i can't remember if i got Do you still worse i think they're still waiting for you to fulfill your obligation i know (laughs) (laughs) i paid my one cent which you literally taped the penny right and put it in the envelope (laughs) penny to the envelope yeah i bet people around the country all the mail carriers were like yeah it's one of these (laughs) unbelievable i never understood their business model i don't think it worked Uh, their business model is that you were to get to mail back the thing so they would automatically send you a tape and you would have to pay for it correct their business model was based on your laziness. Right. <laughs> exactly. They, they counted on it. Just like Blockbuster, <laughs> just like a lot of others. Or your parents' willingness to bail you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Right, exactly. When you didn't understand what you were signing up for. Well, because you'd, you'd get a bill for like $200. Like, what? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, same, it's the same thing with the streaming services now. They do the same thing. You do the seven-day right. free trial and then hope right, that you're just right. going to forget Good luck in getting off of it. Yeah. 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 All right. So the police. Yes. So 81 was the year that started it for me. 1981. This is what, seventh grade. This is when my love of music started and started with the police. And Ghost in the Sheen was the record that was released in 81. It led me in a bunch of different directions. You know, we didn't have the internet back then. You just had to like read an article and like if Sting mentioned uh, Arthur Kessler, you're like, oh, I got to go read Arthur Kessler. Or if Sting mentioned uh, Carl Jung, you got to read Carl Jung. And I saw that he made a movie and it was Brimstone and Treacle, which wasn't a great movie. But police did a a number of songs on that, including I Burned For You, which, uh, you know, I'm asking for everyone's indulgence on this because it was not released until 82. Mm. Derek, you want to say uh, it? <laughs> challenge. You want to raise a flag? Challenge. I'll let it go. I'll let it challenge. I'll let it slide. Okay. All right. I mean, if you don't, I'll, I'll, I'll pick another song. No, no, no. It's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> um, it's not on any streaming service. It's on the Brimstone and Treacle soundtrack, which I'm sure all of you have. <laughs> um, it's a song Sting wrote before he was in the band when he was in uh, 
when he was teaching in Newcastle. And the only way I find out these details is not even from the internet. It's because I have the actual physical media and uh, they have liner notes. And Sting says, I wrote this in the classroom in Newcastle. I told the kids to write a long piece one Monday morning. And then I wrote this out for my jazz band, you know, Last Exit. And he tried to get the police to record it for Zenyatta Mandata. And they said, eh, it's kind of sentimental, Sting. I don't think so. I mean, at that time, he wasn't completely a cocky bastard. And he was like, okay, well, if you don't like it, I guess I won't play it. By the time of Ghost in the Machine, he was feeling a little more uh, high and mighty. And he says, we're going to record this song. So they're in Montserrat and they record it. But the band still says nay and it does not make the record. So then he has to put it out in 1982 on the soundtrack. And then it later gets put out on Bring on the Night, which is Sting's solo album. Yeah, that's great. Sting's solo album in 85, and it's great. It's got a great Omar Hakim drum solo and everything. But this is the original. This is I Burn for You, The Police, the Ghost in the Machine Sessions, the one that got put out on Brimstone and Treacle. The song is just beautiful. It's got a beautiful melody, uh, great chord sequence. And then it just gets really strange near the end. It's got the guys chanting and Stewart's going just nuts on the drums. And uh, it's just mm. brilliant. So this is I Burn For You by The Police.
it's like every member of the band is playing something in such subtle ways. The guitar, just this light guitar waves and that incredibly hooky bass line and Stuart Copeland's drums, man. We talked oh. about it a couple weeks ago. Stuart's the best. It's ridiculous. Such a beautiful pick. I'm going to play, my, my second choice will be another band whose drummer I just absolutely love. But yeah, Stuart is number one for me. Ditto. Great song. Yeah, man. Great pick. Have you guys seen Brimstone and Treacle? I have. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of the best movie about a man who falls in love with a woman in a, in a coma and then has sex with her that I can recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that song, I always think of that scene, which is pretty dark. <laughs> pretty. Well, is it, is it Denholm Elliott that's in the in Brimstone and Treacle? Am I remembering correctly? Yes. The actor? Yeah. Okay. I think it would, the movie was a remake of maybe a play or yeah, it looked, a TV it, show or something. But It looked like somebody got an opportunity to make a really big movie and it didn't quite go the way it was planned but can we come up with what was sting's best movie performance ever oh good question yeah. was it quadrophenia quadrophenia where he plays ace face quadrophenia is pretty good dune not dune i kind of liked him in dune. <laughs> in dune yeah he's in dune because no one liked dune but yeah um <laughs> he really hasn't been in a lot that's good yeah it's been it's been rough for him as an actor you know his daughter's pretty good oh yeah styler uh whatever her name is Sty- um yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's it's uh, Bono's daughter is pretty good, but you know, uh, Sting. <laughs> no, but his daughter's an actress too. Yes, Sting's daughter's not bad. Isn't she in the um, Noah Baumbach movie Miss America? He, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, shout out to the Sumners and the uh, and the and the Houston's. Yeah, there you go. Good genes going on there. <laughs> Tommy, you're up. Uh, yeah, I'm up. So this is gonna be a little bit different. This is a record I remember hearing at a party that my dad took me to. It was to one of those like weird, you know, Boston University, like, you know, faculty parties for biologists. And like, there's probably some incredibly cool grad students who are there and probably some very good looking women, which was probably what I noticed when I was there. And I heard this song and it just stuck in my head and I couldn't figure out where it was. And then apparently somebody had figured it out and and sent it to me and I heard it again. I was like, here it is. So I'm going to play this. Um, I hope you like it. It's uh, I'll talk about after. Hope you like it. Deep cuts.
So thank you to whatever grad student it was that introduced me to it. It's Paco de Lucia. I suddenly want to really be at this faculty party. Totally. Isn't it great? <laughs> like, yeah. It's a good part of my childhood, I have to say. We didn't go to many. I'm putting on my uh, my jacket with my suede patches right now. Yeah, exactly. I know. Are they serving tapas? Tapas? Yeah, the food was always good. It was like everybody was always trying to impress everybody else with music taste or clothes or their ability to make a good cocktail. At what point will Tom tell us the name of the song in the artist? All right. Yeah, in the artist. I'm kidding. <laughs> What's the over-under on... Uh... I'm guessing at minute 25. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, it's Como el Agua. Of course. It's by uh, Paco de Lucia, who's a, a Spanish flamenco guitar player. Does that translate to how's the water? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, water comes to me. I think it, it comes to water, I think it is. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm not. Someone else can do the translation. It's not my area. I'm going I'm to ask the intern to effort that. Bill did take Spanish in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> See? I did French. Not very helpful. <laughs> We also have on the track the vocalist who's really special. His name is Jose Amoni Cruz, and I guess his nickname is Camarón de la Isla, which is Shrimp of the Sea, so he's known as Camarón. <laughs> so it's the two of them. It's a really cool song. And well, Shrimp of the what? I mean, of course. I know, shrimp of the Sea, apparently. As opposed to yeah. Shrimp of the Sea. Right. Isla, no, it's Island of Shrimp. Island of Shrimp. I'm sorry. I'm not Tom, here. translate Isla Bonita. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I didn't do a lot of prep on this one. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Rich, I think you're up next. It was great. <laughs> we can do our Spanish version of the show. Like, yes, Rich, where are you going to take us from the island of shrimp? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> what's, our next, what's our next stop on the tour? Corte Profundo, I think, is the Spanish translation of deep cuts. <laughs> Rich is, of course, coming to us live from San Diego. San yes. Diego. <laughs> Which we all know translates to... Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> when, in, when in Rome. Uh, okay, so back to my shout out to the women in the audience and all of the great bands. All of the women. Um, the ladies. All, all <laughs> of the women. All the ladies. Um, the Go-Go's had, in 1981, Beauty and the Beat album, which I think ended up having maybe five top ten songs, not until 1982. So I consider them fairly overlooked during 1981. And also the work that they had done up until that time, they had been touring and working hard. Um, they were you know, basically a punk girls band from Southern California for since the 77, 78. Um, in 1994, they released Return to the Valley of the Go-Go's, which someone put together as, you know, kind of a, to recognize the earlier work that Go-Go's had done. And they're not just known for Our Lips Are Sealed and, and um, We Got the Beat, but this, uh, you know, they're a fun band. They're they're very tight, good, fun rock band. And I tip my cap to them with this shout out. It's also a West Coast shout out for bands from the West Coast. Uh, Did you watch this, the documentary, Rich? I have not. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, they don't get enough. They got so whitewashed yeah. when they got popular. Every book I read about sort of the L.A. punk scene, they're like, those go-go girls, they, they were crazy. They were yeah. badass. <laughs> they were troublemakers. I mean, they were like... Yeah. It partied. Up to no good, you know, <laughs> and it was put on a brave face when they got big, but they were not to be reckoned with, and they were definitely having some dangerous fun a lot. <laughs> it's a fun documentary. I hope there's a book out there like yes. Doing Drugs with the Go-Go's, like a two-year odyssey. <laughs> I'd read that in a heartbeat. So this recording is was recorded live in 1981 at Palo Verde's High School. Uh, actually, I actually have a friend of mine who went there and couldn't get tickets 
it sold out so quickly. It was at a high school. He said everyone wanted to go. It was it was the show to see. Um, the song I picked, Walking in the Sand by the Go-Go's. Rich, you're not supposed to tell us until five minutes after the song. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Deep cuts. Sounds like a really rocking show. Woo! Anybody remember who famously covered this song? This song is from the Boston area. No, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Oh, really? Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. Anybody know who did the original? Uh, D- the uh, Shangri La. Shangri La's. Yeah, it's definitely like Phil Spector era girl group song. Yeah, it's definitely a girl group band. Yeah, from I think like '65 something like that. Yeah, I would definitely recommend. Um, Kathy Valentine, the bass player from the Go-Go's, she did a, wrote a memoir kind of about her life and her- Is there any rock memoir you don't read, Derek? <laughs> That's his thing. <laughs> kind of not, you know, it's like, it's my late, it's my late night read before bed on a Kindle thing. But no, I mean, it's actually, gr- it's a great 
memoir about him. She had a kind of crazy life. Yeah. Grew up with a, you know, somewhat. Was she kicked out of the band? uh, At a certain point, yeah. She had like really serious substance abuse issues. And, but is now total recovered addict, alcoholic. I can't remember which one, but um, doing great and loving life. And I think has been back with them whenever they get together and play again. But it's a fascinating read. It's good. Is there a good bio on, on your next pick, Derek? If there is, he's read it. Uh, not necessarily a good biography. I mean, maybe there is, but I haven't read it. Okay. Then it doesn't exist. <laughs> no, I I don't know. It's This song is probably not a deep cut for... Don't tell us. Just play the song. <laughs> <laughs> we're now in this new routine where we don't say what we're playing. No, um, it's not... Just a, describe it's it. It's not a deep... I'll, I'll give you the essence of it. Uh, it's not a... <laughs> You know, not a deep cut for fans of this of the band The Church. It's from their album of uh, of Skins and Heart, and this is always my favorite song from The Church. But what I remember the most about it is we went to at some point. Some of us here saw them open for someone. Echo and the Bunnymen. Maybe at the Wanks. Maybe for open for Echo, Echo and the Bunnymen. The best show of our high school years. Yeah, mm-hmm. foreshadowing for my next pick. Yeah, and you go to see a certain band, and there's like there's one song that you really want to hear. Mm-hmm. And for me, this was that song. And they did this thing where it was between songs, and the two guitarists and the bass player kind of gathered in this little group, little tight group in the middle of the stage, and like they were having some little conference or something. And as they were still kind of bunched together, they started, you know, the first few lines of this strumming this song, and the song started that way. And I just, that moment is kind of seared in my head because it was what I was waiting for. It started in this kind of really dramatic way. And uh, I always think about that moment whenever I hear this song. It's a just a perfect jangly pop song from the church. It's uh, the unguarded moment. It's Deep Cuts. Finding inspiration I knew you'd find me crying Tell those girls with rifles for minds That their jokes don't make me laugh They only make me feel like dying In unguarded moments I knew you'd find me drinking Tell those men with horses for hearts That their jabs don't make me bleed They only make me feel like shrinking Without a meaning, I knew you'd find me leaving. Tell those friends with cameras for eyes 
Yeah, the harmonies. We were just all talking about the harmonies. They're just so great. Yeah. If you'd like, I can unmute myself and perform it. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a real belt it out in your car kind of thing. That's really great. That is really great. Mm-hmm. I love the church. Absolutely love it. The church were great. They opened up for both Echo and the Bunnymen and for, was it Husker Du? Did they open? No. R.E.M.? R.E.M. That sounds right. Or was that the like- Feelies? No, the Feelies opened up for... Um, Feelies for Husker Du, Church for R.E.M. Yes. The Feelies opened up for Husker Du on the Warehouse Songs and Stories. Yeah. That is a weird bill. And they had two drummers, and it was fucking awesome. It was awesome. awesome. <laughs> for my money, actually, I think the Feelies were better than Husker Du that night. I'm surprised you haven't put the Feelies on your list yet. Well, when was I, there- do, I don't love Crazy Rhythms, and that's the only one we've 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 done. We've okay. <laughs> waiting on the good earth. And unfortunately, only life is, which is my favorite of their albums, is not on Spotify. It's not on streaming. Yeah. But you can tell Tommy, and he'll make it happen. I'll hook you up. Uh, we'll get there. He's got wizardry powers over there. <laughs> <laughs> I got you covered. He'll he'll take care of you. All right, who's up next? I think uh I think it is Chris. I think you're up. Is it me? Okay. Yeah. Bring it. The feelies. Derek went and like bumped the order. I had to pick this song simply because Federico didn't. And yeah. I was shocked. And it What pi- song? What song? It pissed me off. And I was so mad at him that I wanted <laughs> to rub it in his face. <laughs> rub away. What song? It's somebody's gotta do it. Okay. So uh here's a song by Simple Minds. Oh. From Sons and Fascination? Yes. From Sons and Fascination, Sister Feelings Call. Yes. Their second best album. Which was their fourth and fifth albums, released as a double album. Great song. Recorded at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, um, this is Love Song. But before I tell you that. Well done. It, which is, I, I love this song. I love this album. Great song. Fucking brilliant. No, no, I, believe me. I, like I said, this was Sophie's choice for me. I had a really hard time. The thing that, it wasn't though, because you, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> And this got me upset because I knew you'd go with the police because the police- I have to. I fucking love the police. I wanted to be Sting. I get it. I get it. Fine. And I give you that. I gave you the spot to do that. (laughs) You got two more spots, including the bonus round. And if the fact that you did not put Simple Minds really just like (laughs) stuck in my craw. I did it in our other show, though. I- Played the Simple Minds so many times in our other show. Doesn't matter. I expect you to have Simple Minds on every show and every year they made an album. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, the one thing I want to point out before I play this is that this was the... the um, I'm feeling bad. The last album that had original drummer Brian McGee, 
he left the band after this album. Good call. And that has to be one of the classic cases of someone kicking themselves. You know what I mean? Like, because right after this album, they became <laughs> they became huge. <laughs> These guys aren't going anywhere. So somewhere, this goes out to him. The P Best Award. Yep. <laughs> somewhere he's like in a cold water flat while the other guys are like living in Bel Air. <laughs> But power to Mel Gaynor. <laughs> right. Well, Mel Gaynor is like sitting on a gold toilet. With Pete Best. He's having a beer with Pete Best somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, this is Love Story of uh, Sons of Fascination. I'm going to play theme for Great Cities now just because you've called me out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Here you go. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 5, 1981 is the year. This is Chris Nashawati's pick in tribute to Bill Federko, uh, Love Song from Simple Minds.
They are so good. They're so good. And this is like the pocket for them. Absolutely. Essentially. It's a great song. It's so funny that like, you know, they obviously became such a popular band, but before they were popular, God, they were so much more interesting musically than I think people give them credit for. You know, I think they're really, yeah. these sort of these early albums are really just almost like experimental in a way, like certainly compared to like, you know, don't you forget about me? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, they're just musically just so tight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And everybody's really committed to the same idea, which is what I love so much about how this is. Yeah. Same with Jimmy Jimmy. Like when you listen to that, it's probably a smaller band. It might be, Jimmy, it might be uh, Rick himself, but yeah. it just feels so committed to the sound. And this is just, it's so good. Yeah. And it's anthemic. I got to say, Derek Forbes is one of the all-time greatest bassists. I agree. On the planet. Yeah. Listen to Love Song, American. Yeah. Just fucking amazing. Yeah. When we get to New Gold Dream, which is like Waterfront, year. I mean, the bass line that, that yeah. starts that. So it's just, yeah, it's just so great. Yep. So good. No, absolutely. And, and one of my favorite records from this year is indeed Sons in Fascination. And um, Well, then the nights are ironic that you didn't pick a damn thing from it. I haven't gone yet. Yeah, but Bill, <laughs> I, I know, I know that you, it's not even on your short list. No. Theme for Great Cities is one of my favorite songs of all time, and I'm saving it for our instrumental show. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize we're having one. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. It's all part of a grand design. Yeah. Okay. It's a grand design. And I've got Hunter and the Hunted for New Gold Dream from 82. Believe me, there, there's a whole Simple Mind scheme here. All right, Dr. Strangelove, where do you want to take us? It's your turn. Okay. Well. <laughs> or is it Rich's turn? Did I get the time? Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Rich did No, too. Rich went. He did go-go. Oh, yeah. I went. I just had a... Does anyone know when Chrissy Hind left Ray Davies and... And joined Jim? Hooked up with Jim Kerr. Mm-hmm. Jim Kerr? Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. I almost picked a Pretenders song for this round. Was it Sparkling in the Rain or New Gold Dream? I think it's 84. <laughs> what was the record that turned her? <laughs> and I think they were done by 86. I mean, I think it was pretty quick. Mad passion. <laughs> And, and Jim is now, what, hanging out in uh, Italy, like with a vineyard or something? Oh, does he? Uh, I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally. And like, and like a linen shirt that's like got one yeah. button button. Wow. Well, it's, yeah. it's hot out there. You got to wear yeah. a There's never shirt. a wine glass out of his hand. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Where do you want to take us? It's me, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the chance where I get to mention all the bands I wish I had chosen, like Simple Minds. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Every week. Like Simple Minds. Right. <laughs> Bill, here comes the honor roll. Here we go. The honor roll. Da, 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 da. I mean, we have Duran Duran's debut. We have The Cure Faith. We have The Psychedelic Furs. Talk, talk, talk. <laughs> New Order's Movement, their debut. Uh, Human League Dare, OMD. I mean, there's so many f- amazing albums. Craftwork. Oh, sure. I think somebody has seen playing. Computer World. So... Like I say, it was just such a hard choice. And I went with what I think is my favorite album from 1981, which is Heaven Up Here, Echo and the Bunnymen. I love this album. I love a lot of Echo and the Bunnymen albums, but I think this one is perhaps my favorite. I'm choosing a song which I understand was a single in Australia. I'm not sure if that counts, if this <laughs> qualifies as a deep cut. Is Over the Wall a deep cut? Can I get a ruling on that? No, that's not. It's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Deep enough. Okay, okay. It's no show of strength, but it's, you know, it's a deep cut. No, it's not show of strength. I almost (laughs) went with, uh, you know, but uh, I'm going with this one. It's dark, it's foreboding, this incredible dramatic tension. I mentioned drummers. I think Pete DeFridis is amazing. Ian McCulloch and the whole band creates this whole vibe. Like you're waiting. Something's about to happen. You have no idea what it is. They're going over the wall. I don't know. The monkey on his back is laughing. I don't know what the fuck is going on. (laughs) But the song has an incredible tension to it. 
And I think it's just amazing. The whole the whole sonic uh, painting that Echo and the Bunnymen creates, this is over the wall from their second record, Heaven Up Here. It's Deep Cuts.
It's so hard to climb in on the song, man. It just oh. keeps on going. It's just amazing. You don't know what's going on, but something's happening in that song. I think the rhythm section is just phenomenal. It's amazing that this band started out with a drum machine yeah. because Pete DeFridis elevates this band to a, to a new height. But just think about how incredibly cool this song was when we were seeing them live and the smoke machines were going. Ah, oh, it was so good. Mm. You know, it was... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I want to jump over the wall too. I don't know where we're going, but I want to jump over the wall. You're the ball of the monkey on your back's laughing, so, you know, it's, you might as well. <laughs> the man with solutions and the, the slug on your neck that, you know, won't stop chomping. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with the echo there, well, but... Uh, timely. Uh, I think it's one person left, right? I think I'm closing it out. Do we have anybody who's missed? I think you are. All right. Make it good, Tommy. Preferably a polygamist from Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to go right up the middle. Um so I was thinking about like records that we really love and that are like hugely important to us. And like, you know, two of the bands, obviously Echo and the Bunnymen you've heard tonight, Simple Minds you've heard tonight, the, you know, the church, we could go on and on, the, the police. I want to play a Depeche Mode thing because uh, Speak and Spell came out this year. Woo! Definitely. Sorry. It's an amazing record and there's a lot of big hits on it, but I'm going to play something which is less of a hit. And I originally was going to play the instrumental version, which I guess I could. Of what? Uh, it's the instrumental version of Any Second Now. Any Second Now is probably my favorite song. Oh my God. Okay. Which is like parenthetically voices, right? Yep, exactly. And the voices version, it's not on Spotify, which is a little bit frustrating. So I'm going to very quickly see if I can find this fast and play it. But It's Martin Gore singing, I believe. It is, which is lovely, by the way, and great. I just think what was so interesting was when I listened uh, to the- uh, You guys are pushing all my buttons. I- <laughs> Martin Gore singing is never a good sign. Dave Gahan is the best singer for Depeche Mode. I agree with you 100%. Martin Gore's singing is never a good sign. I want somebody to love. (laughs) All right, so what we'll do is we'll play the instrumental version. Okay. You don't have to hear Martin Gore. And just enjoy the amazing production and how unique this is. 1981, Speak and Spell is the album. Depeche Mode is the band. This is Any Seconds Now. Woo!
Bill, I think you know a lot about the production of this record. Do you want to talk about it? Am I putting you on the spot? No, you, well, you're putting me on the spot, but it's fine. Um, this is before Martin was writing songs. Yeah, it's Vince Clark. Before yeah, it's he Vince went Clark. Yaz or Yazoo. And he was great, but uh, the band really, I think, came into form once Martin started writing the songs. With Vince, it was purely electronic, whereas with, I think with Martin, they started sampling things and made things a little, a little more interesting. Uh, but this is really early in synth pop. I mean, this is 1981. So Dave, Dave Gahan hadn't quite found his voice. And I'm glad you played a song that was instrumental because I don't think they quite had to hit their stride in terms of vocals at this point, except for Just Can't Get Enough, which is, you know, obviously a, a huge hit. Iconic. Yeah, actually, it's, you stole my, this was my album, rec- recommended album for 1981. Ah. You can still recommend it, Rich. Go right into it. There you go. It's a perfect segue. So your recommended record is Speak and Spell. Let's hear it. Yeah, for all those, if you just think, all those kids out there that just think Depeche Mode is Delta Machine or Sounds of the Universe. Now you're um, talking. Give Speak and Spell a, a listen. Yeah, Just Can't Get Enough is iconic. That kind of set the tone, I thought, for what Depeche Mode was going to be. And once Vince got out of there, then they started blossoming and Vince went and did his own thing. I highly recommend, it was a green record, a yellow record, a blue record, and a red record, right? They were all singles, but they also had live tracks. Yeah, I had the yellow one. Right. And the yellow one, I think, was Everything Counts. The green one, I think, was... Blasphemous Rumors? Mm, Leave in Silence, maybe. Oh, Leave in Silence. Oh, yeah. But they have amazing live versions. And if anybody listens to Photographic, which is a song from Speaking Spell, which is good. It's one of their first songs. But then you listen to the live version, you're like, well, how good can a, a, a synth band make a live song? And you listen to Photographic. And it's like they up the energy... They up the tempo, the um, the drums hit harder, everything hits harder in the song, and it's just amazing to hear photographic live. Same thing with like Tora, Tora, Tora. Yep. Depeche Mode was a great live band, which is strange to say about a synth, oh, yeah. synth band. One of you made me a tape of of like live Depeche stuff, and for a long time, yeah. stuff like songs like Blasphemous Rumors, and mm-hmm. the live version was the only one in my head uh, when I heard studio versions sounded strange to me because yeah. I was so used to listening to those and preferred them in some cases. Yeah, it's one of the rare bands that's, even though they're electronic, they're actually, I think they're better live. I think the Some Great Reward Tour, I think we all went to that or a lot of us went to that show. Yeah. Yes. And that show was so stunning because it was like electronic music, which was not, you know, the sort of pop music of the day. It was sort of our thing. Mm-hmm. And it was unbelievably good live and it felt huge. It felt so big. Dave just carries that stage. He's super charismatic. Yes. The band is powerful. The light show was great. Everything about it was like, we're really serious. And it was such an incredible experience. Dave hypnotized us with his windmills. Yeah. Right? You, right? I mean, that was... He put the microphone stand behind him and then spun around. Just the spinning. Mm-hmm. And then Martin would kind of kill the vibe when he'd come out like... In a, Fishnet stocking. In like one of his, you know, barebacked... <laughs> uh, <laughs> later hosen or something. <laughs> Buttless chaps. Hassless chaps. Yeah, but God bless him. Was that the one where Martin Gore had like these big like Tinker Toy looking things that he was playing? Chimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's like he's playing giant Tinker Toys. <laughs> well, that wraps up, I think, uh, our edition here. We should do a quick vote, right? Wait a second, we're not done. Wait, hold on. Are we doing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. we got to do recommendations, and we got to vote. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Well, we're yeah, we're doing we're doing further. Listening. I gave Rich the floor. <laughs> Rich, Rich started. Who put Tom in charge? <laughs> 
<laughs> We're also in a, an hour and 20. So just putting that in context. All right. Yeah. I got to go. So let's do the recommendations. The fans love it though. Yeah. Rich is about to go. Rich. We're going to vote. Oh. Favorite song. Let's all... Uh... Well, before we do that, let's do the recommendations real fast. So... All right. Further listening. Yeah. Okay. Recommendations. Further listening. Rich. Yeah. I think it was Speak and Spell. Speak and Spell was my recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go next. Yeah. Derek. I'm going to uh, recommend wrestling to Grace Jones' Nightclubbing. Good one. Ooh. Brilliant choice. Nice. Pretty cool record. Super funky. Kind of fun. Sly and Robbie. Oh. But it's weird. She sounds like some super smart alien trying to <laughs> impersonate a person trying to get into Studio 54 or something. It's, just, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it's so great. That's a great record. It's a bit intimidating. Particularly the Pull Up to the Bumper, uh, that song. I love that song. Yeah, nice. And Walking in the Sand. Yep. Walking in the Sand. No, I mean, walking in the Rain, yeah. <laughs> Libertango. Uh, yeah. Demolition Man. Yeah. Nice. It's all there. Demolition Man, the police. Uh, all right. I'll go next. I'm going to go with Mission of Burma, Signals, nice. Calls, and Marshes, Boston Band. Nice. Second. Nice. I almost played That's When I Reached for My Revolver, but did so not good. have time tonight. Yeah. So uh, that would be my recommendation. I'm going to go with the record I probably should have played for the last one, which is Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, Architecture and Morality. Oh, Architecture and Morality? Yeah. Love it. I think it's an amazing record, top to bottom. Yes. It's a record that they were inspired by. Uh, religious music and choral samples and they changed a lot of what they did they worked with the Mellotron on this record it sounds so different from everything they did before and before they became a huge pop band which I love some of but not all of and this stuff to me was sort of the sweet spot for them so Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark Architecture and Morality their 1981 record their third studio album is mine I second that who else we got Billy you go did you do one? I'm up. Yeah, sure. Uh, Burning Blue Soul, Ugh. which is Matt Johnson or the the as we know him. This is Matt Johnson, I think at 19. Yeah, super young. I remember feeling like shit when I found out how young he was when he made this record. I think he was 23 when he did Infected. It's like all happened so quickly. Soul mining at 21. and like, It is astounding what he yeah. put out at the age of 19. Burning Blue Soul. I think you can find it now as the the. It used mm -hmm. to be Matt Johnson. Yeah, this album's incredible. I have it on uh, vinyl, and it's one of my prized collections. Check it out. Yeah, excellent pick. Is that everybody? That is it. Let's vote time. All right, let's vote. So, Tom, what do we think is our the song that really kind of blew us away? Tom, recap. Let's see from the top. Richard Eyre hit us with Susie and the Banshees. Halloween is the track. Chris Nashawadi came in with Roki. Oh, I'm sorry. You came with uh, uh, Rick Ocasek, Jimmy Jimmy. Derek was right before him because he jumped his spot in line with Rocky Erickson, Rocky Erickson, if you have ghosts. Fido came in with the police. I burn for you. I played the Paco de Lucia and uh, Camarón de Isla, Como el Agua. <laughs> uh, Rich played the Go-Go's, Walking in the Sand. Derek played the Church's Unguarded Moment. Chris came in with Simple Minds Love Song. Billy played the Echo and the Bunnymans Over the Wall. And I played a little bit of Depeche Mode, a song any second now, but the instrumental version. And that is it. So let's put our little votes in and see. The only rule yeah. is you may not vote for yourself. Exactly. And whoever wins takes the basically the first spot in the bonus round. Correct. All right. Which is our premium content available to Patreon subscribers. Yes. <laughs> yes. To Patreon subscribers only. All right. We all ready? Ooh. I'm ready. One, two, three, go. Oh, this is tricky. Wow. Ooh, real, a real mix. Total mix. Yeah, total mix. Do we have a complete split? We have a full tie. I think we have a full tie. We have a full tie. I think I see two votes for Nashawadi in there. Oh, you do? Oh, wait. What do we got? Where? Where? From Rich and from Bill. Jimmy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, yes. You're right. 
Love Song and Jimmy Jimmy. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. I'll take it. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Nash wins. He doesn't I win. I will take it. Split vote. He doesn't win on a particular song, but he wins because it's, he got- It's a technical knockout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's remind everybody about social media. How can you find us? Check me out on Twitter, Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Excellent. And I'm at, at Chris Nashawati. And uh, of course, for people who are interested in the show, there's the Patreon that you can subscribe to and uh, get access to the after show, which is a bonus round of de- even deeper cuts from <laughs> 1981. Deep, deep cuts. The heartbreaking ones. <laughs> well, on behalf of Derek Brain, Bill Federko, Richard Ayer, Chris Nashawadi, myself, Thomas Golovich, thank you so much for listening to Deep Cuts. Lost and Found, the year is 1981. This is round five in our show. And for those of you who want to hang out during the after show, join us on Patreon. Thanks so much. Ha, 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 ha.